everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Hey, we want to thank our sponsor, J Radio. You can check them out at jradio.com. Download the Android or Apple app on your phone. It's jradio.com. We also want to thank Free Life Soap for being a part of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. And we all got some incredible stuff in the mail this week from Miss McRibbon. Nathan, I think you got a pretty cool note too. Yes, I did. I got an awesome note from her and I, I really appreciate it. I also got some Chow Bello soap. So I don't have to hear about pumpkin spice anymore. Thank you, Brian Edwards. But I want to read you what Miss McRibbon's note said to me. This is just the most heartfelt note. It said, we've got a new soap. I wanted to send you one. It's pronounced Ciao Bello, and it's Italian for Hello Handsome. Thank you very much. I'm also sending Brian one, so you guys will leave him alone about the pumpkin spice. One shower with this, and he'll get his man card back. (laughs) Thank you for all you guys do. (laughs) Okay, just for the record, Miss McCriven also sent me a note. And in that note, she thanked me for being the only man on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, secure enough in his manhood to use pumpkin spice soap. She meant in America to use pumpkin spice soap. I didn't get any soap, but I got some uh, beard oil. She has black leather beard oil that is second to none. In fact, here in Statesboro, I finally found somebody to take care of the chin curtain. He goes, what oil are you using on your beard? And I was like, it is free life soap. You need to." So he looked it up, got him some that day. He may start selling it in the uh, the store there. You need to get your hands on some of this Chai Bello soap. Forget the pumpkin spice. Get you some soap. Get you some beard oil. They got the shave butter. It's a great one-stop shop for everything manly. It is free life soap. Check them out today at therecoveringfundamentalist.org. Guys, we got an incredible show. Y'all ready to jump into this? I'm ready. Let's go. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your hosts, Brian, Nathan, and JC. Good to be here with you on this Wednesday. It is episode number 36. 36 episodes. That is one episode a week already in 2020. That's not even counting the extras. And in the beginning, we started doing every other week, but hey. That's awesome. Hey, we have made it through quarantine. We've made it through moves. We had a new... Very difficult challenge this week where uh, we need to talk about this on air because I was under the impression that if we were going to go on a different platform with someone, we needed to have everybody's agreement. Like, I think that's in our contract. But yet this this week, Brian Edwards made a special appearance on the Fundamentalist Thunder podcast and didn't even talk to us about it. I mean, what's up with that, Brian? I don't even know what the Fundamentalist Thunder podcast is. (laughs) It was Nathan Rager, Forrest Gump, and Brian Edwards sitting there on. The- oh, okay. I did see that in my <laughs> notifications. And I don't know who runs that Anon account, but I can promise you this. If they thought that was me 
sitting in that chair, that's my least favorite account. I hope they never make it above three followers. <laughs> Brian, I knew that Nathan has been on here a couple of times. I didn't know you liked him that much to jump on the fundamental thunder. Well, love your neighbor sometimes is so difficult because people make it really difficult. I just want to know how he got you to wear the KJV hat. Nathan? <laughs> I'm not even entertaining this stupidity. Oh, man. We love you, Brian. Last week's episode was absolutely incredible with Ed Young here on uh, the podcast. And Nathan, you kind of got some some pushback a little bit from, from some of our listeners. I did from a couple of the listeners because a video surfaced from 2008 where Ed Young was in Joel Osteen's church, not preaching or anything. He just walked in and had a conversation. It was actually a funny video that he showed at the C3 conference. But, uh, the, you know, there were questions like, hey, what's going on? So we just answered back that getting Ed Young on was intentional. We try to be strategic in how we conduct the ministry that God has given us to do. And when it comes to being ourselves, being who God created us to be, this is something that, that fundamentalists don't really hear much about and don't really know much about. I think it was ingrained into us as fundamentalists that we have to be exactly like the guy above us or, mm. or the preacher that came to our church or the guy that preached the camp meeting or the revival. I believe that Ed Young can help us grow in this area in some ways that really nobody else can in a way that he can. And, right. and I'll just be honest. I'm reformed in my doctrine and my faith. Everybody knows that. There it is. And, and I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of that. But here's, here's a secret. I'm just going to blow everybody's mind. John Piper is one of my favorite pastors, but I enjoy listening to Andy Stanley. Do oh you know why? God. Because Andy Stanley speaks a lot of wisdom. Andy Stanley has a lot of giftings that John Piper doesn't have and vice versa. So I think we should be well-rounded as believers. And on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, we want to bring on a, a lot of different people that can minister to those who are healing and that need help and encouragement. Well, you know, that interview with Ed was the result of a good friend of mine, Dr. John Cross. Uh, Dr. John Cross is actually a former fundamentalist who pastored an independent Baptist church, transitioned out of that, planted this church that grew incredibly, and then ended up resigning that church and going to work for Ed Young. Well, what Dr. Cross discovered was that Ed Young has incredible integrity. He's a great man. He loves God's word. Uh, John could not speak highly enough about Ed Young, not Junior. <laughs> we figured that out. Ed Young. Uh, so I greatly trust John Cross. I greatly trust Ed Young. I know him to be a friend to pastors uh, not just large church pastors, but uh, small church pastors as well. And so I agree with you, Nathan. We need to be challenged in that way. It's not to say that we're in agreement with everything that he does and says, and it's not to say that he's in agreement with everything that we do and exactly, everything that we yeah. say. But there is a kindness on the basis of the gospel. The Bible says our fellowship is in the gospel. We mm -hmm. have to learn that. Come on. And, and by the way, as far as, you know, the allowance of individuality in the IFB. We know that doesn't exist because you are required to almost take on the identity of all the older preachers. It's why you become an IFB preacher 
And at 23, you start talking like this and praise the Lord, brother. I'm just so glad to be with you today. Amen. I believe the Amen. Lord's going to move. And, and then, you know, that weird thing that only independent Baptists do. They get up in the pulpit and they say, we're glad to be here. And we just hope that you're going to pray for us as we bring God's word. I mean, do they have schizophrenia or, or some <laughs> disorder or something? And, and so, you know, these things are contagious in the IFB. There is no individuality. You know, I was talking to... Uh, an independent fundamental Baptist pastor last night. I'll, I won't reveal his identity, but online we were having the first conversation that we've ever had. And he was saying, first of all, that he's disgusted by the abuse. And then also this man embraces his individuality. I'm independent fundamental Baptist, but I'm not like all of those who represent the disaster in the movement. I appreciate those guys who set themselves apart. There is an allowance for uniqueness, and if there weren't, God would have made all of our fingerprints the same. Come on with that. That's Amen. Good. That's good. I like what one of our uh, listeners said on Twitter, Eric Anderson. He said, I suppose part of recovering from fundamentalism is also going to be leaving behind the affinity for larger-than-life pastors. It's hard to shake that as well as legalism that's addressed on the show. And, you know, that's part of our mission. We want to help, encourage, and challenge. And if we just brought on guys that were IFB, we would stay stuck in the bubble that we've always been in. And so, I mean, Ed had some incredible nuggets. I was ministered to on that episode last week. I mean, what he said about having the right they in your corner, it's people that are tenacious and tough. It's honest. It's encouraging people that are yielded to God and friendship. Man, that was powerful. I'm going to blow yes, that up and stick it on my office wall. And I think it was a great, a great episode that just took it to a whole nother level. And speaking of a whole nother level, the RFP in 2021 is about to head there. I am fired up, boys. Brian, you know what I'm looking forward to in 2021? What would that be, JC? Going to Vegas with you. Vegas, baby. Woo! <laughs> Going to Vegas. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Somebody sent a meme of the, that movie, The Hangover, those guys walking down the hallway, and it's like, this is what the RFP looks like coming into Vegas. <laughs> so let me tell you what we're talking about. We have been invited to partner with the Idea Network for the Idea Summit in Las Vegas on January 25th and 26th. And uh, this is going to be down there. Carrie Newhoff is the keynote speaker mm -hmm. that week. Of course, this is with Josh Tice. And, uh, man, we are fired up to be coming to Vegas. And here's something that we've been talking about for this entire year of 2020 is an RFP meetup. This is going to be our first RFP meetup in Vegas. I can think of no better place for a bunch of reprobates to meet than in Vegas at the <laughs> Idea Summit. True that. I feel like we need to do like, hallelujah, hallelujah. I mean, this is big, man. This is huge. And there is a buffet in Vegas where they have probably about 150 to 200 items. And JC, they have one huge area where it's nothing but crab legs. But you don't have to break the crab legs open. They actually take scissors and clip the top of the crab leg so that all you have to do is scoop all of that incredible oh, meat out. Man. I think we've got to go there. I think it would be the Lord's will. I hope the buffets are open. 
and COVID is gone by 2021. JC, I like how Brian felt like he needed to tell you about yeah. the buffet. He didn't say anything to me about it. He's like, hey, JC, you'll like this information. Yeah. Personally, I, I haven't had lunch to, yet today, so I'm I'm starving. So thanks for talking about crab legs, Brian. Yeah. I caught hey. the underlying fat joke. I get it. Here we go. No, no, there's no underlying fat joke. The truth is Nathan's got so much hair that I don't, I don't care if he gets to go to the buffet or not, <laughs> just to be honest. If you own that hair... You don't deserve oh, anything man. else. He looks like he smells like pumpkin spice. Um, so, <laughs> so here's what we have. So there is going to be an incredible opportunity for us to have a meetup in Vegas. And we want all of you that are listening to get to Vegas January 25th and 26th. It's going to be an incredible night. And you can go to the ideanetwork.church. That's the ideanetwork.church. When you buy your ticket and you go to check out, you enter the promo code RFP Meetup. That's promo code RFP Meetup. And it will take a 10% discount off of your purchase. And we're going to have a meetup in Vegas. I am fired up. I cannot believe it. And if anybody out there is thinking this isn't possible, well, first of all, you've been cooped up in 2020. So it's time for everybody to kind of splurge just a little bit. And this is going to be an incredible church conference. And it's especially geared towards people that have come out of the IFB. So this is something you need to be at. Also, you may not know this, but there's probably not a cheaper place to fly into or to stay at than Vegas. So they make it really cheap to get out there because they want to steal all your money when you gamble. We won't be gambling. Obviously, we're Christians. But it is a really cheap place to get to. So, And they've got good buffets, like Brian said. So please seriously consider this. Think about it. Meet us there. It's going to be incredible. And the cool thing is, you know, the Idea Network represents a lot more than just an RFP meetup. I mean, we're going to be recording a live podcast, which is exciting. We're going to be doing Q&A. We're going to be doing a lot of different things while we're there. But there's also going to be some speakers that could be revolutionary for your church, your ministry, and your Christian life. So there is a lot that's going to be available for you during this conference. And I would encourage you, if you've never been to a conference, maybe you're one of our listeners that is still in the IFB and you're thinking, man, I just wonder what that first step out would look like. This would be the opportunity to take that step to say, hey, I'm going to go to a conference that is a little bit out of my comfort zone. And you're going to hear folks that have been exactly where you're at. You're going to realize you're not alone. You're going to hear stories from folks that were deep in the legalistic IFB movement. And we're going to give you an opportunity to have some Q&A with us and many others because there's breakout sessions. This is going to be an incredible two days in Vegas. I can't wait. So we would love for you to be part of the first ever RFP meetup in Vegas at the Idea Summit 2021, go to ideanetwork.church. That's ideanetwork.church. Click on the promo code RFP Meetup when you check out to get 10% off of your purchase. Well, guys, I am excited today about this interview. Last week was great. Next year is going to be amazing. But today, today we have an incredible couple with us. And they have an awesome story that is going to help a lot of people. You may have heard their story on an extra episode. I had the incredible opportunity of flying to Malaga, Spain to meet with Mike Peters. 
in the most picturesque setting you've ever seen. It was in a castle. It was overlooking the Mediterranean, overlooking these huge cathedrals, the city of Malaga. It was absolutely beautiful. And we did an incredible interview, but a lot of people haven't heard Mike's story. And while that episode was awesome, today's episode is going to be even better because Mike's wife, Jen, is joining him. So, Mike and Jen, thank you guys for being on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. How are you doing all the way from Sevilla, Spain? Uh, thanks, guys. We are doing well and uh, super awesome, stoked, excited, fired up to, to be with you this evening. Jen, how are you doing? I'm good. She's dealing with the fame of being the second woman on the RFP podcast. You know, I tell you big, what, big oh, that is a big mantle to carry and, and you will carry it well. We have had Nathan Rager, though. (laughs) The thing that amazes me is you guys are like six hours later than us. So the other night, you would have died laughing at our conversation that we were having um, on our text thread because Nathan kept saying they are six hours later than us. And for some reason, JC just wasn't quite clicking with that. And so he had you guys recording at like 2.30 a.m., 3.30 a.m., 4.30 a.m. If he kept going, at least you were going to be up the next morning, and it was going yeah. to be like first thing. But six hours, that's really weird. Yeah, uh, We do it all the time. In fact, Mike will talk to whole churches in a dress shirt and his boxers. That's hilarious. Tricks <laughs> of the trade. I'm not standing, so why put on pants? <laughs> that's awesome. Well, guys, we want to hear your story. I know you shared some last time, Mike, but can you guys, can both of you kind of share your experience with fundamentalism, with legalism, how you transitioned out of that, how you were helped to transition out of that, and where you guys are at now? Yeah, so we started traveling full-time in 2011 of May to raise money to go to Spain and be church planners. Um, super excited about it, super thrilled about what God was leading us to do in our hearts. But at the same time, for me, I speak for myself here. I was hook, line and sinker, the epitome of everything, uh, independent fundamental Baptist. I wish, I wish you guys could have known me back then and seen the transition now. Um, and I say that not to be mocking or anything because I I don't want to broad brush all IFB churches. I mean, listening to the episodes you guys did with Dave Young, um, shoot, if I would have come up in a church like that with a fellow like him, I don't think we would have ever considered anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to pre- say I appreciate the graciousness of some guys like that. But so if this doesn't apply to you, please don't get offended by anything I say. Just overlook it. Um, but no, we you know, it was all about for me, the, the movement. It was all about being approved of by my pastor, um, you know, because he's the guy you want to approve of you. Our pastor, Keith Gomez, um, that we came from, as well as uh, in San Antonio, Texas, Dwayne Nichols. But, um, and then I grew up up near uh, First Baptist Hammond. We didn't go to church there, but we were nearby. So that's kind of where my mind was. I'm like, I just want to, I want to make my pastor proud of me. I want to earn his acceptance. And so I'm going to own everything that they say and teach here at the college and the church including the point of us getting rid of all of our secular movies. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I told my wife, I was like, you're not allowed to wear pajama pants anymore. Um, you know, it to that extreme. <laughs> wow. No, no joke. What'd she say? 
I said, and well, she stayed. And she stayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly. <laughs> but that's kind of how it was. And so we started, you know, traveling around um, in 2011 to raise money to come here. And we were in 300 different churches in the process of just under three years. So we've met a lot of the big names that we see on IFB Preacher Clips. I've preached in their churches, spent time with them personally, heard a lot of really interesting stories. Um, but so that's kind of how it was, you know, you're such this, this, it's this, for those of us who are church planners, missionaries, whatever you want to call it, you get poured into this, um, thing of, you have to be this spiritual politician, say all the right words, do all the right things because you need that cash. And it's a very broken system. I'm not saying I have the right answer how to fix it, but that's just kind of where we were. Um, you know, and you were always, and I will say this too, before I forget, uh, my wife is a godsend. Um, you know, I wish we had more time to get into all these things, but, but, and I say this not to sound cliche or hallmark, but if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. I, I probably wouldn't even be in the ministry, um, to be honest. And so God has used her to save me really, and pull me out of these deep pits that, the political machine of the IFB movement was for us. So Jen, would you give a little clarity to what it's like to be an independent fundamental Baptist missionaries wife? Because we had a former missionary here on staff and his wife and his family, they were put through the ringer through that torture called deputation. Can you give a voice to that? Sure. So I think it might help if I have a little bit of my past, maybe. Um, My parents went to a very uh, big name college and um, they met there. You can say it. It's Hiles Anderson. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, you can say it. I don't, I I name names. I like naming names. You're so gracious. We appreciate it. Okay. Well, um, my parents were actually the first couple that Jack Scott ever married. Wow to kind of put into perspective. Yes. Anyways. And, um, shortly after my parents got married, um, my, my parents moved on the other side of the river. We're from Chicago and, uh, ended up finding the church that they decided to join when my parents were expecting me. So I've been a part of the same church my entire life. Mm. Um, and to this day, it's the same pastor. Uh, it's never changed. And so, um, to kind of put into perspective, I think that for my dad, um, prior to his salvation, my dad lived a, a very, to put it lightly, a very 70s hippie lifestyle. Take that to its full extreme. And so I didn't realize it then, but looking back now, I feel like he jumped into religion, but in the same amount of extremism as he was in the 70s. And so... Um, yeah, so we kind of dove in head first. And so for me, I trusted Christ when I was a young girl. Um, but I, by nature, am a people pleaser, and I want to make people happy. And the problem with that in the system that I grew up in was that you can never quite measure up. Um, and so for me, I mean, it was a mess. I mean, when I was in it, I thought I was the best thing ever. I didn't know any different. Um, I never put on a pair of pants in my life. Never. Um, I skied in a dress or a skirt, swam, 
in a dress or a skirt or culottes, um, horseback road, wall climb, did all those things. I had, I knew nothing else mm. that I, I never questioned the system. And so, um, unfortunately for me, I lost a lot of friendships, especially in high school, because uh, we had this time period where a bunch of my friends got in trouble for different things. And I was aware that my friends were doing stuff, but I was so scared. I was scared out of my mind of displeasing my authorities. And I remember one time I was brought into the office and I was told that if I didn't tell on my friends, I was sinning just as much as they had been. And I remember I was just shaking. As a seventh grader, right? Uh, I was in ninth grade, ninth end grade. of my ninth grade oh. year. And uh, that year, I mean, there was just over 100 kids in our school, and we lost over 30 kids, got expelled from school. And the good majority of those are my friends. And I just remember thinking, like, I was told, like, you have to do this because you're doing them good. And I remember turning people in, but my heart wasn't malicious. I, I thought I was helping them because that's what I was told. Hmm. And it breaks my heart because I lived in fear, but I didn't realize it then. Like I, I remember having this um, pit in my stomach all the time, but I just thought that was normal because I always had that. And I think one of the epic moments for me was somebody that I care about very, very greatly, someone that I looked up to, I remember one day I asked them, I said, why don't you like me? And uh, at this point I was on deputation at this time and we had stopped back by in the area and we were having, we were just chatting and uh, they said, they didn't disagree. And uh, this was a role model for me. And they said, well, honestly, you've never been in the pit and you've never needed me to get you out of the pit. And you never needed me. And I said, but I never questioned. I never did any of those things. And so it's very hard because you're constantly trying to live up to those expectations. Mm. So then you take all of that into deputation. And I remember the very first time we were at a church and the lady who led us into the prophet's chamber, uh, she was. Prophet's chamber. Love it. (laughs) What is that? She was wearing a pair of pants. And I remember looking at Mike and I said, are we at the right church? (laughs) Yes. We were blown away when we saw this woman cleaning the church in capris. We're like, whoa. I, but I I was serious. And I, I got upset because I said, we actually turned down churches that offered for us to come because on their website, it says they weren't King James version only, even though they preached from the KJV, they weren't KJV only. And so I mean, we were hardcore, big Mm. time. And I think for me, my aha moment was kind of twofold. Um, Shortly after we had been married, I we started studying the Holy Spirit, and that really wasn't anything I knew much about, besides the fact that He was from the Trinity. Yeah, ironically, we were reading Jack Hiles' book on Meet the Holy Spirit, seriously, and that started us thinking about, wait a second. We need to engage with a third person of the Godhead and ask him to open our eyes to the, the truth of the scripture. Really? I'd never even understood that concept. And I was a Bible college graduate at 26 years old on mm. deputation to go to Spain and be a pastor. No clue. Man. I remember getting on the side of my bed and just weeping. I just had our, we just had our first kid and I remember him laying on the bed next to me and I'm just weeping, weeping because I just said, Holy Spirit, I've, I've, I mean, I'm a Christian, but I've never grown. We've ignored you. And I've never followed you because there's so many rules to follow. Who needs the Holy Spirit when you got all the rules? 
So wow. yes. What a what a statement. Yeah. So I that was big for me. And I remember shortly into deputation, I remember I was reading my Bible. It was Sunday afternoon between two different churches that we were visiting that day. And one of my kids had spilled something on their shirt. So we were at the laundromat sitting in the car because we had nowhere to stay between churches. And uh, Mike said to me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm reading the Bible. And he said, well, where are you reading? And it was in October. And I said, oh, well, you know, wherever my chart list, you know, my Weren't chart. Weren't you reading the begats or something? I don't know. I was reading wherever you're supposed to be at in October. And Mike said to me, well, what if you're not supposed to read there? I was like, yeah, it's October. This is what I'm supposed to read. It's what the chart says. <laughs> and... <laughs> I honestly can't tell you how many times I've read through my Bible, Genesis through Revelation, year year in, year out. Can't tell you how many years there would be people outside in their cars on watch night service flying through Revelation just so they could get the award yeah. for finishing the Bible. I mean, including myself. I mean, I remember flying through because I had to get that award because I didn't want people to look down on me and be upset. And so mm. I got so mad at Mike that day and I got out of the car and for whatever reason, I grabbed the chart with me and I was so angry and I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying why do you need that chart well Jen don't you think um, that so often when we have a regimen like that and it's been sold to us that we're just we're just going through the motion I just read a couple of days ago uh, Paul David Tripp he told the story of a friend of his who was this amazing gardener and this man was famous for his roses. And so he would wake up early every single morning and he would work in his rose garden. And then he would every evening still be working in his rose garden. He was buying products for the rose garden. He was going and buying different types of roses. He knew all of the information. He researched, he studied, he did everything you were supposed to do to be a great roser, I believe is, is the <laughs> terminology. But one day he was looking out the window and he realized that he had never enjoyed the roses mm. that he had worked so hard in the rose garden and he had worked so hard so that the roses would be beautiful for everyone else. And he had learned so much just so that would lead to more work. And, and, and yet he takes this chair out and he sits down in the rose garden. And for the first time he said, he really experienced the life of the roses. And mm. the point is, that we work so hard as a result of all the rules and the regulations. But if, if the rules and the regulations and being in God's word, if it doesn't make us adore the rose, Jesus Christ more, yeah. then we're completely missing the point. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm reading a, a book by John Piper uh, called The Supremacy of God in Preaching. And he's saying that, how, that preaching ought to stir the affections. Yes, it should be theologically solid, biblically based, but it ought to stir the affections towards the God of the Bible. Mm. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's you're exactly talking about that same thing. And we didn't have that affection. We were very diligent, um, very busy based, out of, based upon obligation or based upon fear of not uh, measuring up or, or whatever. But it wasn't, we, we weren't active for God based out of a heart of love. It was more so just, this is what we do. So, so I, for whatever reason, had walked out of the car with my chart in hand and the Holy Spirit just kept dealing with me and saying, why, why do you need this? And I was like, I can't, I can't get rid of this. I've done this for so long. And I think 
that that needed to be a physical representation for me. And I remember just shredding it and being so angry and crying over this trash can in the middle of the street in Michigan and just ripping it to shreds and, and saying, I don't understand. This makes me so mad. I'm, I'm on target. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if I'm being completely honest, deputation for me, being a rule follower and, and, and checking all the boxes, deputation was great. I mean, there was definitely downsides for sure. I mean, God knows we went through the ringer. I mean, we lost a child on deputation, um, uh, an early pregnancy that um, just it didn't end well. And anyways, and so we definitely went through a lot of bad things. But overall, I mean, for me, when you go to a church and you're held as somebody great and you're sitting with the pastor and you're sharing your stories over and over and over and if I'm being honest, I, it was never for me about us. It, I really felt like I was giving all the glory to God. But now looking back, I mean, it felt good walking away from those things because you mm-hmm. made them happy and we were their superheroes. And, and I didn't mean it in that moment, but like, I don't see where, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of room for the Holy Spirit. So what did your transition out of the IFB look like? Um, a volcano erupting. Uh, you know, for me, I'm an internal processor. And so as we were traveling to all these churches, we saw the variations within IFB churches. And, and you can see this online about how many different IFB camps hate other IFB camps. Oh yeah. The West, the West Coast guys don't like the camp meeting guys. The Hiles guys don't like the West Coast guys. It's, it, it's who's old padsiest. Hmm. And that's the goal. And it's a self-imploding movement. And, you know, that's my opinion about it. Um, But even, you know, traveling around all these churches, seeing all the variations and differences of King James only IFB churches started me thinking like, man, why are they so different? I thought we were all going to be the same. So you leave your bubble and you start to visit other churches around the country and see how different they are and how God is blessing them, even though they're different. And that makes you start to think and you start to wonder and so you go to the scripture because who else are you going to talk to? You know, you don't talk to your pastor because he'd rip your face off if he saw you taking a picture with this missionary that you met from a church that he doesn't agree with. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll just read the Bible and find out, you know, well, why do we believe what we believe? And that started a ball rolling downhill. Can I say that? That picked up a lot of steam. Yeah. While you were saying different churches, just to be clear, they were King James version only. Yeah. 99.9% women wore only dresses. Yeah. I mean, hymn books. I mean, so we're, when we say different churches, we're not talking uh, about King James, IFB, different. you know, blowing the bottle, spitting the sand, hellfire, brimstone, damnation, preaching mm. kind of churches. Um, but they were different. And so that really made us go, what? And so I, I mentioned this to you, Nathan, in our, in our last uh, interview that, you know, we were at our fifth anniversary, we, that we were celebrating our fifth year anniversary in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And we went to a sight and sound music theater. And they were putting on a professional production of Jonah in front of 2,500 people. It was amazing. Wonderful music, wonderful just gospel message shared with the whole crowd. And even a call to action at the end saying, hey, you know, if you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Why don't you make a decision? And we left there and we were driving back to where we were staying there near Philadelphia. And I just began to to, to wonder out loud to the both of us and say, honey, you know, that production was amazing. God was all over that. His name was glorified. But yet those people are my enemies because of their music styles. Mm-hmm. I was like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't see that in the scripture. 
Um, and I remember I began to hit the steering wheel as I got worked up thinking these thoughts out loud. And I said, if this is what it means to be a Baptist, I'd rather be a Biblicist than a Baptist. Wow. And even as soon as the words came out of my mouth, we were both like, what the heck? You know, um, but I think that was a huge turning point. But we had already made plans to leave the U.S. and uh, uh, go to Spain. And so because of this fear environment that we were in, it was just like, we don't know who to talk to. I tried calling a few pastors that were supporting us and their words were, don't tell me about how different you are. Just keep on telling us how many people you're winning to Jesus. And I'm trying to like talk, talk to somebody. Somebody's got to be smarter than me. I'm sure I'm stupid making a mistake because I'm going against everything I was taught in Bible college. And but but there's no one to talk to. And so we figured maybe the, maybe we're just dumb and the Lord will change our minds once we get to Spain. So you try to think about this as difficult as it is to try to replicate the IFB church in an American culture in 2020. Try doing that in a European context. And it doesn't work. Because it's not centered on the gospel, okay? It's built upon culture, cultural Christianity, a big personality, uh, traditions or what have you. And when I use the term gospel, and I really think I need to clarify this for those listening and even for myself, the gospel is nothing less than the power of God, Romans 1.16. And in Colossians, Paul even commended the Colossians because of the fruit that the gospel was producing in their life. Galatians talks loads about the gospel. And who was Romans and Colossians and Galatians written to? It was written to Christian people. And Paul was saying, you still need the gospel. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of people live with this short-sighted view of what the gospel means. And they see the gospel as the door. Ah, Jesus saved me. Now it's my time to roll up my sleeves and move. No, Jesus is the door and he's also the whole pathway. You, mm. you don't roll up your sleeves to make God more pleased or happy with you at all. It's so much more than that. And so, and I, and I want to say this too, this is an excerpt from my favorite Bible study, The Gospel-Centered Life, that the gospel is not just the door, but the path we are to walk every day of the Christian life. It's not just the means of our salvation, but the means of our transformation. It's not simply deliverance from sin's penalty, but release from sin's power. And That's the right. gospel is what makes us right with God, justification, and it's also what frees us to delight in God, sanctification. The gospel changes everything. Amen. Dude, that was awesome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I didn't know that, man. I didn't know <laughs> that. And I was already living in Spain trying to pastor a church. Man. Because it wasn't preached. We didn't know that because we didn't hear that. As a matter of fact, the opposite of that was preached. Yeah, I was never discipled in that direction at all. Never. Well, Mike and Jen, it has been incredible to have y'all on this week. And we'd love to bring y'all back next week uh, because I think this story, we want to unpack this and continue to uh, go. There's a lot more questions that we have for you. And I think your story is going to help a lot of people. We have a lot of missionaries that listen to this podcast that are sitting on the field right now and don't know what that next step looks like. And I believe that God's going to use y'all to really help them in taking some incredible steps. Plus, there's some exciting news in y'all's life that we want to share with our RFP family as uh, 
we're excited to just continue to explore what God is doing in your work there in Spain. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors here, the Free Life Soap and J Radio. Thanks for being a sponsor of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to go to the website for the RFP meetup in Vegas, ideanetwork.church. Sign up today and receive a discount on your ticket when you use the promo code RFP meetup. All right. Thanks for being here with us. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.